Welcome to Inside College Admission. My name is Peter Van Buskirk, and I'm joined today by good friend Kelly Harrington, who is the Director of College Counseling at the University Prep School in Seattle, Washington. Welcome, Kelly. Thank you, Peter. A joy to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be able to talk with you about process because I know that, that you're thoroughly invested in process. By that, I mean helping young people get from point A to point B in this college planning process. And I would imagine that right now you're up to your ears dealing with seniors who have found sudden urgency about getting materials together for applications. Absolutely. This is kind of like our tax season for an accountant. Oh, no. Well, I, I hope you get a lot of rest or have a lot of rest going in. And I'm sure that with all that's going on in the world right now, particularly with the, the pandemic, that the seniors have an extra layer of concern that, that you're, you're addressing with them, too. So now, not to be forgotten, are going to be the juniors, the, the students who uh, may or may not have recognized that they're going to be college applicants next year. But you know that they need to be thinking a little bit about uh, how they position themselves. So what, what do you hope that, that juniors are, are, are beginning to think now as, as they get now into the, maybe the second, third month of their, their school year and realize, okay, these people are pestering me about getting ready for college. What, what should be on their mind at this point? Great question, Peter. And it's really exciting to start to work with the juniors. As you mentioned, we're in the middle of working with the seniors and they're a little bit burnt out with this process. And the juniors bring excitement and energy. We're kind of straddling two classes right now, the seniors who are in the home stretch and the juniors that are getting started. And so we appreciate meeting with the juniors and the excitement that they bring to this process. In terms of what they should be thinking about is set an intention. What type of student do they want to be during the college process? You want to say, who are you going to be as a student throughout this? and set that intention, honesty, integrity, breaking this down into manageable uh, parts. The other thing that I suggest is self-reflection. What have you really liked academically? What have you enjoyed extracurricularly? What haven't you been exposed to in life that you wanna gain exposure to in college? And so the first piece of this process is really setting that intention, the self-reflection, and remembering that there are steps along the way that are very manageable it can seem overwhelming, but thousands and thousands and thousands of students do this every year and they do so successfully. So remember the big picture. Well, and the big picture is really important, but I, you hit on something really important and that, and that is that intentionality that students need to find in this process. And I find that that it, as I talk with students, I certainly don't have the, the kind of engagement with students that you do, but I find that many of them don't really understand that, that there's an opportunity to learn more about themselves. So, so juniors are kind of approaching this with a sense that, you know, they have no worries. They, they, they know they've been good students. They have now have some test results that are coming their way. They know what they've done in life. They know they're going to college. In fact, people are telling them, well, you're smart. You should go to XYZ school. So for them, it's all a transactional sort of thing. And uh, I think that for them to make good choices about colleges and, and, and then to be able to position themselves as effective candidates this, this notion of reflection that you talk about, this notion of intentionality, having a sense of purpose, I think really makes a big difference. Uh, can, can you tell when a student is able to step forward with that sense of purpose? Is there a different sort of cadence to that, that approach that the students have? Absolutely. So I think it's easy to let the media's coverage of admissions hijack your process and it can produce a lot of anxiety. And I think that the students who use multiple sources as they're self-reflecting and doing research on colleges, 
move through this process more smoothly. And I think that the students who revert to what they've learned in middle school about writing down the tasks ahead of them and sticking to those tasks are able to break this process down into manageable chunks. When you start to talk to kids, and, and I, I know you'll do work with kids in groups, but also probably one-to-one, -one, what are the questions that, that you might share with them that, that are designed to get them to, to begin that reflection, to this self-awareness? Are, are there some pet questions you go to? Yeah, absolutely. I actually do a little exercise with the students. So I, I have them pretend that it's the night before they're going to college mm. and they're looking around their room and they're packing their suitcase. What are they gonna bring with them? So the goal of that is to figure out what's really important to them. Is it the tuba? Is it the soccer cleats? Is it their telescope? And then I also ask them to reflect on the non-material things that they're gonna bring to college. Open mind, resilience, perseverance, passion for learning. Mm -hmm. And through those reflection questions, we can start to delve into what they want to perhaps pursue in college and what new things they want to gain exposure to. Right. Well, it's interesting. The, the question about what are you going to take out of your room to college is wonderful. I never thought about that. But I would imagine then that, that an important follow-up to that is, well, why? why? Why are you going to take that baseball glove? Why are you going to take you know, that book? Because they, they recognize the objects, but they don't necessarily give a lot of thought to the real importance. And that's the why question. Right, and, and tell me more. You know, in this, this business, you're often asking students, tell me more about that. So you're getting students in the junior year to think inwardly, to think more about themselves, what they want to accomplish, how they can best accomplish it. Are they listening? <laughs> <laughs> All the time? <laughs> I, I, would, I would hope so. Um, but I do think that there is some group think, and that happens for all people in, in life where when they're starting to think about colleges that they're interested in, there can be a herd mentality mm -hmm. and they will be influenced by their peers. And so when that happens, we always say to the students, I, I heard this a couple of years ago, I didn't coin it, I wish that I had, but keep your eyes on your own paper. Keep mm -hmm. your eyes on you, mm -hmm. right? And what your interests are. And remember to use your counselor to use the resources that SCORE has. There are great free resources out there to use the resources that the College Board has in Big Future and use multiple sources. And I think the students that use several different sources are the ones that are, are happier in this process because they're getting different inputs as they're going through and applying. Is it important for kids to have figured out uh, by now in the junior year, A, what it is they want to do for the rest of their lives and be exactly where I'm going to go to college? Peter, that's such a good question. And most students don't know. And I feel like if they tell you that they want to be that engineer or that physicist, often they're saying that because they feel like they need to tell you something. And we know that this generation is going to change not just majors, but careers, not just majors, but careers seven to eight times in their lifespan. So this is a generation that is really intellectually ambidextrous, extracurricularly ambidextrous. And so it is absolutely okay to be undecided and most students are. 
It was interesting, uh, and I don't remember which institution provided this data. I've, actually, several did, but I've seen that alumni of, of colleges and universities have been surveyed to find that in the, something in the neighborhood of 90% of them, 20 to 30 years out, are now in careers that didn't exist when they graduated from college. Right. Couldn't, couldn't have been defined then. So it, it, to your point, it's okay, I guess, to be uncertain. You, there's nothing wrong with you, right? If, if you're 16 or 17 years old and you haven't figured things out yet. Right. And every once in a while, you do get that rare student that absolutely knows. And I, I have that every year on my on my caseload. But that is not the norm. Now, the, the follow up to that question is there are undoubtedly kids who come into your office now as juniors with a list of colleges and they'll say, this is my first choice or or students come into your office to talk about college and they just feel like they're defeated because they don't have a list and they don't know where they want to go. How important is that right now? really feel that that open mind, and I keep coming back to that theme, is important as we start to explore colleges with students. And this may sound a little cheesy, so forgive me, but I recommend that students do the Baskin Robbins tour of colleges. And I am a child of the 80s, and I love my ice cream, and I'm a Vermonter, so I apologize for not using a Ben and Jerry's analogy here. But Baskin Robbins, for the listeners out there who aren't familiar with it, they had a tagline that said, try all the flavors. Mm-hmm. And we worry as high school counselors that students come in with a set belief of who they are, having not tried all the flavors. And so what do we mean by that? Look at a small liberal arts college, look at a large comprehensive university, look at a mid-sized university, look at a school in a rural area, look at a school in an urban area. So that you are not set on one genre of institution. And the beauty of higher education in this country is all the options that are that are out there. All right, I, and I, I like that. I'm going to use Baskin Robbins in the future too. But I, 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 I encourage kids to go window shopping also early on, just to see what's there without feeling pressured to buy. This is great. Now, how do you respond to the student who says, "I've been at a small high school for the last four years, or maybe all of my life. I'm going to go to a big college because I don't, I don't want that small college experience." I get that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I have students who say to me, being at the school, it, it's so small, this high school where I work, it's like dating your cousin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, oh. and I want to be a big fish and I don't want to feel like I'm at college with my relatives. Mm-hmm. And I think students' concept of institutional size can, can be a little bit skewed by where they've been educated. And mm-hmm. a school of 2,000 students is a lot bigger than you think when you're at a high school where the graduating class is 100 students. And so that's why engaging with these colleges, going to their campuses and and seeing how vibrant they are. Some of these colleges that have 1,000 students on them are are on hundreds of acres. They feel a lot lot bigger than a high school that's in one or two buildings. So really getting on a college campus or due to COVID, colleges have done a fabulous job with their online programming. You can, from your bedroom, from your couch, take a virtual tour with a tour guide that's live. And it feels a little bit like like watching an MTV video to me. I did one the other day and I had to lie down afterwards to go all sick with all the motion, (laughs) but the students have no problem with it. So you can write from your own home. You don't have to travel thousands of miles. You can do this from your from your living room, which is really great. So try again, you have a preconceived notion, try them all out first. 
I, I think that's great. One of the things that, that I observed at kids too is that, or I'll ask them the question, how many people do you think you will know by the time you graduate who, if you, if you met them on the sidewalk between classes, you could stop and have a 30 second conversation. How many people do you think you'll know? And my sense is that that number is gonna be roughly 150, maybe more, maybe less, but roughly that. And there will be the people you went, who were in your first year residence hall, the people who are in the fraternity, the sorority, the people who are in the club, people who are in your major, those affinity groups come together. That'll be true whether you go to a school of 2000 or 20,000. And uh, you know, I think that's a big fight that sometimes we have to, to engage with with kids is to get them to open their minds to the fact that size with regard to colleges and universities is something very different than what they've experienced in high school. So, so, so well put. And, and I think also students who go to larger universities figure out a way to, to make it feel small, whether mm. that's through an honors program. Exactly. Peter, we've been doing this a long time. We recall when there were maybe 20 or 30 honors programs on college campuses across the country. Now there's, you know, close to 600 honors programs on college campuses, which makes a smaller cohort for students. And also, if you sit in the front row, you're having a one-on-one -on -one interaction with that professor. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you referenced COVID and the kids that you're, you're starting to talk to right now, the juniors in particular, have had an incredible disruption to their academic experience over the last 18 months. And, and I suspect that university prep that may not have been quite as profound as it's been in other places, but nonetheless, their lives haven't been the same. Of course, you hinted at the connectivity with colleges has been different too, because for an extended period of time, kids couldn't get to campuses. So how, how are you finding the students are dealing with that sense of the lost year? Does that require some extra reflection, extra direction on your part, some reassurance? One of the things that I'll remind these kids is that, you know, there are going to be 2.2 million kids going to college next year. They all experience something similar to what you experienced, but that doesn't diminish the impact of your own experience. Right, right. And I so appreciate that you're normalizing it, Peter, and saying in the context, this is something that you're going to share with all of the students that you're going to land on a college campus with. And I think for our students who, who are in college this fall, who were affected their second part of their junior year and their senior year, they're finding common ground more quickly than ever before because of that shared experience. And that is a really, I think, nice thing. You know, nothing about COVID has been, has been easy. It's been a huge tragedy. But for our students starting college to have that shared experience, able to talk about what it looked like for them, I think has been really powerful and has bonded them in a way that maybe we didn't perceive beforehand. For our current students who've been in remote learning or hybrid learning, and now they're fully back in person this fall, they tend to fall into one or two camps. They're either just so excited to be back in person that they're doing everything imaginable mm -hmm. and are a little bit exhausted as a result, or there's other students who got used to being at home, got used to online or hybrid, and are finding the stimulus of being on a high school campus again a little bit overwhelming. And so what we've had to do is to counsel students and say, colleges will understand that. Wherever you fall on the continuum, as you're reintegrating into in-person learning, colleges know that. And so you will wanna talk about what that time period was like for you. But do not worry if before COVID, you were the student who was involved with everything, and then 
kind of post-COVID, you've decided that you're a little bit more introverted. You know, that's okay. And it's, it, it is an evolution here. Um, and, and honor your own journey. Well, I, I think that's right on. This, this life is a journey. This, this whole process of getting yourself ready to go to college, going to college, uh, is, is a huge part of that journey. And uh, one of the things that I've discovered in, in talking to kids, and I, just, I think you see it all the time, is that if, if done well, you can learn a lot about yourself through the process. And that which you learn can put you in better stead when you actually get to college as well. So I'd, I'd like to kind of switch gears here a little bit with regard to the things that kids are thinking about, worrying about right now. Uh, I suspect many of your juniors just sat for an ESAT. The COVID environment has changed, though, the way colleges have dealt with testing. Many deans of admission, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, uh, have said we, we can't hold kids accountable for a part of a credential to which they didn't have access. So, you know, over the last 18 months, there's been an increase of almost 70% among the, the test optional colleges and universities out there. All of that said, how, how are you approaching that conversation about testing with, with test optional looming out there for kids? How are you, how are you talking with your juniors about testing now? This is the number one question that I'm getting right now is talk about the testing landscape. And what the listeners aren't seeing right now is I'm taking a sip from my coffee, which is a keep calm and apply to college mug, mm -hmm. because I always try to keep calm when I'm talking about standardized testing, because I know that when the subject comes up, you see half the students in the room kind of grimace and you see the other you know half of the students do a little bit of a dance because they probably perceive themselves to be strong test takers right. and so this elicits a visceral reaction from a lot of students we have seen a huge influx the number of schools that are test optional which is a great thing here on the west coast we actually have schools that are test blind meaning that they will not look at test scores even if a student wants to submit them and has done well on those tests. And so geography plays into, I think, how we counsel students around testing across the country. If I have a student here who is looking at primarily public universities on the West Coast, which are largely test blind, if they don't want to sit for the test, they don't have to. If students are looking at some uh, schools in the Southeast that are still requiring standardized testing, then we talk about the importance of taking these tests for those schools. I think for all applicants, what COVID has done with the impact on testing is it has forced colleges to really read even more holistically. And when I talk about testing, I can't divorce the telling your story Right? Going back to the beginning of this conversation about self-reflection and who you are, what you've done extracurricularly, why you've done it, how it's shaped you, that ability to talk about yourself and what you've done and why you've done it and where it might take you is even more important as these colleges have gone test blind or test optional. So if I'm kind of reading between the lines, it makes sense for students to probably have a testing experience. Yes, we do encourage students to have a testing experience, with the exception of some of the students who are focused on big public universities that will look at those scores. And I think it's helpful 
for life experience, not just the college process, because inevitably these students will land at a university where there will be some sort of standardized testing as part of their evaluation for their courses. So for the students who tell me, well, I don't want to take these tests, the schools I'm looking at you know, aren't going to require them or they're test optional, I always say, well, let's just have you sit for these tests as a learning experience that could benefit you once you land on a college campus. I also don't want a student to in the middle of this process or the end of this process, fall in love with a school that requires standardized testing or strongly recommends it and not have that testing. Well, and, and more so, the, the admission process at a particular school may make the submission of testing completely optional, but, oh, we have a scholarship program, and in order to compete for the scholarship, we need to see your scores. So it's, it's, it's probably not a bad idea for the students to have that record. Now, I'd like to just talk quickly about score choice and, and why that might be something that, that juniors should be beware of and their parents should be aware of because I'll provide a general definition and then ask you to kind of run with it. The score choice means that it recognizes that the owner of a test result is the student, not the parents, not the college advisor, not the universities or the colleges, but the, the student and that the results should go to no entity without the student's authorization. Why, why might that be something that, that kids need to remember as they're sitting down to register for a test? This is why you're such an expert. That's a brilliant question. And students need to realize they're not going to be defined by this test score, that they will have other opportunities to sit for the test and that they can submit the test score on the test date if they submit scores that best reflects their ability. Mm -hmm. And in the past, students would have to submit all of their test scores, regardless of the test date. And so the score choice, which is really wonderful, allows students to only submit the scores that they want to, to send. Well, and, and then to follow up on that, when a student sits down to register, they're, you know, they're doing all the, the fill in the blank kind of uh, registration information. There's an information block that says, give us the names of four institutions to which you'd like us to send your results. And then of course, the student's nervous energy takes over and they begin to think, what are my top four choices? And you fill them in and you hit send and all of a sudden your results are going to those places <laughs> before you really understand what they are. Now, if you ace the test, you're good, right? But if the results come out modestly, at least by your standard, then you can't take it back. Correct. So I think it's really important that kids understand that about testing and, and, and how they need to reveal their test to, to colleges. And, and even with all the changes that we have seen in admissions due to COVID, more essays, right? Mm -hmm. More ways to engage with the colleges online, a de-emphasis on test scores at, at some institutions. One thing very much remains in the student's control, and that is their transcript. And during the junior year, it's really important for students to continue to focus on those five core academic subjects, math, science, history, English, and foreign language. I worked in college admissions a long time ago when we read paper files. And my favorite question from a parent was, if the admissions office was on fire, what one piece of the student's application would you run from the building with? Now, I was a full financial aid kid in college. So of course I said, the application fee. That was my, my flippant response. Um, but my more serious response was the high school transcript. 
And so in a process that sometimes can feel like there are factors beyond a student's control, they very much are in control of the classes that they're in right now and making sure that they do well in those courses. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think there's probably not a junior in the country who doesn't believe, and justifiably, that the junior year is the, the hardest and perhaps the most important year. I would maintain it's the most important until the senior year. Now, I also would suggest that, that there's an important decision-making period coming up for kids with regard to courses and course selections for the senior year. Do you ever see kids who come into your office feeling like they, they just won the lottery on this? You know, I've already satisfied my graduation requirement in math. I don't have to take math anymore. And, you know, we, did, we started language back in eighth grade, so I'm done with that sort of a misplaced notion here with regard to what I don't have to do anymore. Did you ever see that? I, I, I do. I do see that. And my biggest piece of advice to students is you want to continue to challenge yourself. And the last academic footprint that colleges are going to see is the listing of your courses that you're going to take your senior year. And we want students to be appropriately challenged. We never want a student to take a course load where a class is going to take up so much of their time that it's going to jeopardize their mental health or their performance in another class. So we want the students, what's that famous quote, to, to bend, right, to be pushed a little bit, but not snap and, and break. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where connecting with the counselor is really helpful. I think attending information sessions so you can hear directly from admissions uh, counselors what they're looking for in the junior and senior year can be beneficial. Well, absolutely. My, my mantra is that the harder it is to get into an institution, the more important the senior year becomes as a number one credential. Because you, you talk about leaving the flaming building with the transcript. Uh, I, I want to make sure I've got senior year information. And you know there are going to be institutions that want to see senior year grades sometime in maybe February at precisely the time kids aren't looking. So th this isn't about senior year, but it's, it's about the importance of making good choices in the junior year. Uh, and, and those choices in question here have to do with course selections. We're going to kind of wind things down here just a little bit, but I, I'd like to maybe revisit something that, that you touched on earlier, Kelly, and that is the outreach to, to college and universities. I like to believe that the, the distance between the families and, and the schools is beginning to, to shorten as they open up their campuses and there can be the the in-person visits in, in more situations, but still uh, that's not the only way one can become knowledgeable about or acclimated to a particular institution. So you're sitting down with kids now, they're putting together some very, very broad and general lists of colleges. What are you hoping that they're gonna do next uh, before you see them the next time? What are you hoping that they, how they're gonna spend their time with this list? I'm hoping that they spend some time really researching the school. And again, from multiple sources. So going directly to the website, mm -hmm. I also feel that they should read the school's mission statement. What does the school say that they're going to do? And does that resonate with them? I would hope that they would go to the academic page on the university's website first. There's a lot that's learned outside the formal confines of the classroom, but the academics is where we want them to focus. Does the school have a core curriculum? Does it not? What will the four years look like academically? And then switch gears and talk about some of the extracurricular opportunities that the school offers. 
I always tell students go directly to the source first, go directly to the website. And then they can use some outside sources as, as well. So SCORE has great resources built directly into its program. The UVisit platform in particular is really helpful to students. Again, the College Board, the SAT people have Big Future, which is a wonderful website with lots of resources. I am a big fan of colleges that change lives, and these are colleges known very much for the undergraduate educational experience and launching students off to graduate school and to the workforce feeling really, really well prepared. So some of the books that I recommend would be, uh, it's both a website and a book, but Colleges That Change Lives. I also, also like the Fisk Guide to Colleges, which has been around for quite some time. Uh, another website that can be helpful is College Niche, which has student written reviews, but be careful about the student written reviews because typically it's students who are either really happy or really miserable. And most of the students that are right there in the middle are not the ones posting. So be careful with those student written reviews. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice. The, the thing I might sneak in there with, with that is one of the observations I have about a lot of kids is that you say, well, you're, you're looking at college X and you're interested in biology. What do you know about their biology program? They have one. Well, how do you know? Well, it's on their, it's on their, the, the homepage of their website. Right. And I'll say, well, what do you know about their biology program? And then I get a blank stare. <laughs> so I mean, I think that, that it's important that to your point, that kids use the resources available to them to really do deep dives. Uh, it doesn't cost them anything really, other than some time to discover what, what is there. I mean, what courses are taught, who's teaching them, what are the, what's the expertise of those faculty. And more than one occasion, I've seen students come out of those deep dives saying, wow, I didn't know. You know, it, I was interested in college X for reputational reasons. Now I, now I understand how it can really serve me well. So I think that's, that's a, an observation. And another resource that I would like them to use, and I know there's a whole other podcast dedicated to it, so I want to plug SCORE and their podcast about financial aid, mm -hmm. but students should be looking at the net price calculators on colleges' websites, and that's where you plug in your family's financial information, and you can figure out how much you might receive in aid. And cost is a big factor in a lot of students uh, college process and so having an honest conversation as a family around college cost expectations is important absolutely absolutely wow I, as we started this conversation kelly it occurred to me that we might have to have somebody pull us off the stage because there's an awful lot we could discuss and, and you're so good at what you do and i really appreciate your taking the time to to share your perspective with all of the juniors and their families who hopefully are listening in. The junior year is really a good time to, to, to get real with the college process. And um, again, students, if you, if you heard this today, listen to it again, because there are probably going to be some nuggets that, that you're going to find every time you hear it. But Kelly, thank you so much for your time and for the great work you do with the young people out in the great Northwest. It's good to be with you today. Thank you so much, Peter. This has been an honor. My pleasure. All right, everybody, good luck with your search. Be safe and uh, you know, find that college that makes the most sense for you. Take care. A special thanks to Peter Van Buskirk for joining us in this conversation today. If you want to hear more from Peter, you can find his content in the blog section of our website and on YouTube where his webinars and presentations are hosted. If you want to learn more about SCORE, go to SCORE.com. That's S-C-O-I-R.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Score Inc. That concludes our conversation today. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. Thanks so much for listening.